Hello, and welcome to Weekly Wholesome Words with Pastor Josh Grilecki of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join Pastor Josh each week as he gives further insight into God's Word. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me in this broadcast, this episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Today is just going to be, at least at the outset, my plan uh, is just to have an isolated snippet of teaching regarding what I'm going to call sonship responsibility. And I want to take part of the time looking at what I mean in regards to sonship. It's something that we're going to get into a lot more as we as an assembly enter into Romans chapter 8. I want to take part of the time look at the issue of sonship and what I mean by that and also the responsibility. Um, And due to my plan of just having an isolated teaching, in other words, just have one teaching regarding this matter, I need to get right into it. So why don't you turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, or if you don't have a Bible in front of you, just tune in and uh, listen. Uh, The issue of sonship comes up not the first time in Romans chapter 8, but in regards to our sonship. Uh, it comes up for the first time. And I want you to see that here in Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 14. He says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, we all are led by the Spirit of God. That's one of the Spirit's roles and ministries that he has. He's leading us. Now, whether we follow after or not, that's a different story. But he is always leading us. He always has a specific course in which uh, we are predestinated upon or we are set upon and it's already determined where this is leading to and where he is leading us. However, because of that, we are the sons of God. Uh, Just by way of letting everyone know this isn't sons isn't just only to males it's to both male and female we are the sons and daughters of God in fact in a similar context in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 which we're going to look at a little bit later in this brief teaching uh, he actually brings out the issue of sonship again here in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 look at verse 18 he says I will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty. So when he says the issue here in Romans 8, uh, verse 14 there, that we are, they are the sons of God. We are all the sons and daughters of God because the Spirit is leading us. And we've also, in light of that, as we're led by the Spirit, we are the sons of God. The reason why that's taken place because of verse 15, for ye, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again the fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And so simply, sonship is a term in which uh, I utilize to describe the condition and being that we are as sons and daughters of God. So that's why, that's what that suffix is, ship, the condition and being of whatever the word in which ship is attached to so we're this is son ship the condition being of being a son very simple we are all sons and daughters of god by virtue of our faith in the gospel of christ and what he's made us to be in christ as we've received the spirit of adoption he's leading us all the time or that's that's his role and therefore we're the sons of god now again walking after him is another 
part of all this, but nevertheless, we are the sons and daughters of God because the Spirit's leading us. And a part of being a son is we have transitioned or we are no longer dealt with by God as children. This is very prevalent in God's program with Israel um, where there is a time appointed where he was dealing with them as children and that there was a time when he was no longer going to deal with them as children but deal with them as adults. In fact, this issue is brought up in a very general manner in Romans chapter 9 when Paul's talking about Israel and what pertains to them. In verse 4 he says, Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption? And so Israel understood that they were under the law and that they were dealing, or at least some of them did, understood that they're under the law and therefore being dealt by God as children. However, there was an adoption. There was going to be a way there was, that God was going to deal with them as adults. There was a lot more in what God wanted to get accomplished with them, but it was going to take place in their adoption or in or as their uh, as they were would become sons in their sonship. Now that's just talking about it very generally. Uh, Paul talks about this again to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 4. Look at Galatians chapter 4. We too have gone from being dealt with God as children to being dealt with as sons. It's a different than how God was dealing with Israel, but nevertheless the same principle is set forth in connection with being Gentiles today. And Paul picks that issue up in Galatians chapter 4. He says in verse 1, Now I say... That the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons." Because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And so, I just go to these passages to just show you the issue that we are the sons and daughters of God. It's different than being a child as per Galatians 1 through 6. And that we now are no longer under tutors and governors. And that is not going to be the way in which God educates us today. But he himself, as our father, is going to educate us. And he's going to educate us in a very specific manner. Now, a part of this sonship relationship that we have with God, our Heavenly Father, through his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, there is responsibility. There is not just childhood responsibility. There is adulthood responsibility. Oftentimes, the way in which we define God's grace today, especially in the grace movement. You might have heard many uh, pastors explaining and defining grace like this. Grace is freedom with responsibility and consequences. Now it's interesting because when you look at the law, which is in contrast to God's grace, the law is not freedom with responsibility and consequences. It's basically a form of, of bondage with responsibility and consequences. And, but when you look at the similarities between law and grace, law and grace, the difference is bondage to freedom, right? If you go back to Romans 8, and, or you're just listening, that's what, he's, that's what he's bringing up here. He says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, 
but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry abba father so one is bondage one is freedom in fact he's going to go on and talk about liberty and freedom in the rest of romans 8 and over there in galatians chapter 4 in chapter 5 he says stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith christ hath set you free and that's what he's talking about our adoption our sonship we're in a position of freedom in fact we've already learned that earlier in romans romans 6 we're free from the law and therefore we're free unto god but that doesn't mean there's not responsibility and consequences oftentimes people look at the law and because it's bondage with responsibility and consequences any time they look at responsibility and consequences they automatically associate it with the law and that is not how we are to understand god's grace god's grace is freedom but there's still responsibility and consequence. It's just a, of, it's just a difference of how that responsibility and consequences are going to take place. See, the law, you are relying upon your flesh and your own ability to participate in the responsible aspects of the law. And because of that, the consequences, as we see in Israel's history, are going to be one of failure. Paul teaches that, that the responsibility under the law out of our flesh is going to produce sin. And even the good that we can produce under the law is because it's of our flesh. In God's sight, it is still sin. It's still evil. It's still of the flesh, and therefore he cannot accept it. But under God's grace, there's freedom. And the freedom element of God's grace was produced by God himself. He's put us in the position of being free. And therefore, the position that we are in as sons was given to us by God's grace. But the responsibility also is different than from the law because it's not of our flesh, it's of the spirit. Now, when we talk about freedom with responsibility and consequences regarding God's grace, the freedom God's put us in a position of and the responsibility, even though there's a responsible part on our end, our responsibility is in light of the continuous provision of God's grace in our edification. In other words, God is going to educate us or edify us in a very particular way. And as we avail ourselves or learn certain components of our edification... We, therefore, have the responsibility to take that edification and utilize it to produce a good work and, therefore, maintain those good works. Look at this real quick with me in Titus chapter 3. After he's done explaining that we're justified by his grace through what God had shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, verses 6 and 7 there. He goes on to verse 8, he says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful, full of care, to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. In fact, in chapter 2, he explains that the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Verse, and then verse 12, he says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And then he goes on, verse 14, who gave himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity 
That's our part of our justification. And purify unto himself a peculiar people. That's our the initial aspects of our sanctification. And those two things need to be there so that we could be zealous of good works. So our sonship and God's grace grants us the freedom to serve God, which has a responsibility to it. A responsibility in light of the provision of God's grace through our godly edification. And I want to take a look in the remaining time that we have, in the last five minutes that we have, to look at some of these passages that involve responsibility. But just because there's a component of responsibility under grace doesn't automatically mean that we should associate it with the law. And folks, that's what all Romans 6, 7, 8 is designed to do for us, is to be able to see not only the freedom that we have under God's grace, but the responsibility that is attached with it But that responsibility isn't like the responsibility under the law. Because one is going to be of the flesh, the law, and one is going to be generated by the Spirit leading us. Now look at a couple passages with me. Come with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I'm just going to highlight them. I've already changed my mind in regards to dealing with this in next week and maybe a couple more weeks. But I want you to look at the issue of this responsibility and that faithfulness is a very important part on our end in regards to being a son of God. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now specifically, it's talking about the Apostle Paul and what he has been given, but there's a principle that is to be applied to us as we'll see. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. He says, let a man so count of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required. Look at that. There's a requirement when God gives a stewardship to us. There's a requirement of fidelity and faithfulness. Verse 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self, for I know nothing by myself. See, the freedom with responsibility, the responsibility isn't an innate capacity to be responsible for whatever it is God wants us to be responsible for. The responsibility is in light of the knowledge in which we're going to receive. For I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. So our responsibility comes from the knowledge that we don't inherently know. It's going to come from the issue of our godly edification. He jumps down, uh, jump down with me to look at verse 7. He says, For who maketh thee to differ from another? Or what hast thou that thou didst not receive? See, we don't have something in which we could glory of. We, have, we don't have something and it, we receive it. And our responsibility and our faithfulness is, is upon that. Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou didst or thou hadst not received it? We'll maybe take a look at these things in a little more detail uh, next time. But come with me to another passage. Look at chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians. And let's pick it up here for time's sake in verse 14. It says, And God hath raised up the Lord, and will also raise up us by his own power. 
Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? God forbid. This is all in regards to our conduct and behavior, the responsible aspect of being under grace. And based upon who God's made us to be in Christ, we should not make our members members of an harlot. Verse 16, What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. See, we've been joined unto the Lord, and based upon that, verse 18, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, see, because you've been bought with a price, and the knowledge of that, and the things that he's set forth here, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, they're God's, but he's given us the responsibility to utilize them for his honor and glory. Well, we got to stop right there. I have more passages to look into. So we will deal with this next week and maybe another week. But hopefully you've seen just very generally, or at least, and that's, that's all I want to get accomplished with these weekly wholesome words, at least prick your curiosity to think about these things more on your own. And we'll cover them in more detail when we go through things like this in Romans 8 as we're getting into that in the weeks to come at Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Well, thanks for tuning in and listening, and I look forward to dealing with this matter again next week. Until then, look up. Thanks for joining Pastor Josh for this week's episode of Weekly Wholesome Words. Join him next week for another look into God's Word. Until next time, look up.